A next-gen console is only next-gen until it comes out, at which point it becomes current-gen. Kind of makes you think, doesn't it? Welcome to Triple Click, where we bring the games to you. This week, we're talking about the other now-current-gen system, the PlayStation 5. Jason's got one, and apparently it's got a cool controller. We've got a bunch of questions for him, so let's dig into it. I'm Kirk Hamilton. I'm Maddie Myers. And I'm Jason Schreier. And we are back. It has only been 40 years since our last episode. <laughs> I know, it's so, it's but, like really like... So much has happened. <laughs> I mean, 40 years is a long, is a long time. You just any way you slice it, that's a long time. A brisk 40 years, I It's a long say. time for a week to last. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are, we made it. And but we uh, made we're it. Here. We're back for another week. We the 29th year of Triple episode. Click. Yes. Here we are again. <laughs> here we are again. And uh, we're so glad that you're here with us. Um, if you would like to support us making this show, we really appreciate everybody who does so. You can become a member of Maximum Fun. And to do that, you want to go to MaximumFun.org slash join. And if you become a member, not only... Do you get to support independent media? This is a show that we own and you support, and that's it, which True. Uh, which is very nice. You also get access to a lot of Maximum Fun bonus content, including monthly beans casts from us, in which we spill the beans on various things. This month is going to be some Mel Brooks movies. It'll be interesting. Ooh. I still haven't rewatched them, but I'm looking forward to doing that. Very so excited. that is MaximumFun.org slash join to, uh, to join Team Triple Click and help us make this show. Yes, 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 yes. Give us a hand. And uh, another announcement maddie you want to you want to give it to us and then a cool announcement here we go we have a triple click discord now yeah we do which is a chat room you don't have to be a max fun member or whatever to hang out in here by the way you can hang out if you're just a regular listener and you want to talk to other triple click fans and it's pretty cool. We just launched it today. There's already a bunch of people in there. There's a bunch of channels. It's already pretty cool. It's that's very true. People are shooting fun. the shit about the show and about video games. And yes. it's about fun. the weather. It's a very nice weather channel. About the weather. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there's a weather channel in there, there as well. Yes, it's very yes. important. So so there's And a weather bot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you can find out the weather in your area. This is why people <laughs> listen to the show and it it's is true. why they it's will true. be joining the Discord. Important public which service. you can do by clicking on the invite link, which we're gonna include in the show notes. Yes. And it's on our Twitter as well. So Yes. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. It's Come findable. On It'll be fun. Cool. So let's get to it. So last week, because of various embargo things, we were only really able to talk about the next gen Xbox. I like what? various embargo things when really it was there was one embargo on the PS5. <laughs> yeah, that's embargoes. true. Although no, there were a bunch of like software embargoes because there was yeah. an Assassin's Creed, there was a Bug Snacks embargo. So it's sure, a bunch of sure, embargoes. Sure. Um, yeah. But anyway, this week we can talk about everything. (laughs) I've been playing the PlayStation 5 for about three weeks now. Um, Mm -hmm. And I have many, many thoughts on that. I'm the only one (laughs) of the three of us. So this might be you guys asking me some questions. Um, But just to kind of sum up like some high-level thoughts on the new PlayStation. Um, I think it's an impressive machine, just like the Xbox is. Very impressed by the controller, which uh, has a lot of bells and whistles, a lot of gimmicks that um, so far have seemed to me like they actually changed the way it feels to play games. I keep hearing that, and I totally want to grill you about it because I'm so into controllers, but we'll We'll get get into it in a second. But overall, my thought remains similar to uh, what I said about the Xbox, that nobody like most people really do not need to make the upgrade right now. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a spare $500 and you really want to play Demon's Souls, then go ahead. 
if you want to play a lot of the other games, you can get them all on your PlayStation 4. Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Bugsnax, all the other cool stuff that's on PS5 right now you can get on your PS4. That or you said, can get Demon's Souls on a PS3, if you want. I mean, yes. that's... Yes, that's true. Yes, Demon's Souls on PS3 is not quite the same experience. By the way, I Perhaps haven't. That's not. The one that, I mean, who's, who's to say? <laughs> who's yeah. to say? Not me, because that's the one game I didn't get early. Uh, that's right. So I have not been able to check that one out yet. Um, so all that said, some people were, when, when I posted my reviews last week and I was talking about the console, or earlier this week and I was talking about the consoles a little bit. Um, no, it was last week. Man, this all blends together. All time has just like, like blended together. In 40 years. I mean, it's a long time yeah, to keep straight in your head. Five yeah. minutes ago. Ago when you posted your console review. The, the <laughs> yeah. amount of time that I have spent looking at just a wall of red and blue states over the past week <laughs> is just like, man, I'll never get those hours back. Nope, you won't. Yep. None of us will. Anyway, at least, at least John King on CNN was very entertaining while we did it. Anyway, um, so I got, I got some pushback from people who were like, what if I only had a PS4 original, never got a PS4 Pro, don't have a computer, and I want mm-hmm. all the performance upgrades? Okay, then great. Like, why not upgrade right now? Sure. If you know you're going to just recognize i think the important the the kind of the rationale behind me saying to hold off is that with both of these things you're not buying something amazing right now you're buying something that will be amazing down the road as they boost up their libraries and oftentimes it's worth it to wait because you can get a discount on these things if you wait uh, a few months or a year it's funny that people would push back on you just because i know we've given this advice a lot of times and just uh-huh. you're not the boss of them i mean if you want to yeah, buy a ps5 true. go for it like you can that's take true. jason's advice or not do you you need us to give you permission to buy a ps5 because we will grant it to you i think people do like the validation of like being told like actually this is a good purchase so no i know i know that's why they push back for sure yeah and it's a big purchase. You want you want yeah. your best friend Jason Trier to tell you it's okay exactly to do it. exactly sure. your best your best is a triple click. But I I do think yeah. that like like if if you haven't made the upgrade at all, if you're still stuck on the PS4, you're not interested or you can't afford to get into PC gaming, but you have five hundred dollars to spend on a PS5, do it by all means. Like go ahead and and make sure if you're kind of trying to decide which console to go with. So far from what we've seen, and we don't have all the information on like the power differences and what that will actually mean for third party games. Mm-hmm. because we haven't actually been able to test a lot of games on both consoles. Um, I just started getting a couple of codes in today that I could test on both, but I haven't even had a chance to. So, And even now, like we won't know what's going to happen a year or two years from now as games get more advanced. And like, what if they struggle to run at 60 frames a second on the PS5, but they run great on the Xbox? We're not sure yet. We don't know yet. But if you're trying to decide right now and you have to, you want to buy a new console, you want to know which one to go with, look up which one, which one is getting, uh, like which one will have more games that you want, whether it's like the Xbox Game Pass lineup, um, Bethesda games and Microsoft games and Gears and all that jazz, which you can get on the Xbox or the PS5's like giant stable of first party games, um, God of War and Horizon 2 and all that jazz, plus their third party looking better than on the PS4. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like, Final Fantasy 16, which would probably be my selling point if I if I hadn't gotten the consoles ready, and then like uh, some other random third party exclusives like from Square Enix and Capcom and whatnot. Resident Evil, no, that was announced for Xbox too. But um, so yeah, so so that those are kind of my high level thoughts to the broader consumer out there. It's probably worth waiting. To the person who really wants to upgrade, go for it. These are great machines from what I've seen so far. Like. 
there's no fatal flaw, um, which I think one of you predicted that there would be some fatal flaw. Was it Maddie who predicted there would be some? I think like, I predicted there would be a controversy with one it. of the other console. I would say I lost that bet, and I think that the controversies of 2020 have had nothing to do with console. <laughs> yeah, launches. I mean, there's still time. There still could be a controversy. It's, uh, that's so true. I could still win that prediction. I guess um, I don't know what but, it would be, but. Yeah. Overall, both of these consoles, and I'm talking about the Series X here, not the S, not the baby Xbox, adult Xbox versus mm-hmm. PS5, both of them are really impressive. Like, both of them do exactly what they deliver. And you just have to kind of decide, do I want to air towards Xbox Game Pass or Sony first-party exclusives? That's really the main choice you're making. Um, so, all that said, let's get into some specifics. So, Kirk, you wanted to grill me about the controller. Yeah. Hit me. Give me give me your well, best so- your best punches. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a lot of punches. Um, wait, I'm grilling you. Does it have buttons? Does it have a pad? I'm grilling on the top? you. I'm not punching you. This is uh, let's not mix our metaphors. <laughs> okay, you want to put me on a grill, flip me over a couple of times, yes, get me nice and absolutely. juicy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not not overcooked, just like just just a little bit. A um, raw Jason. Can I get Medium your Jason? <laughs> can I get your flame kissed description of just <laughs> what is specifically what is different about this controller? Okay, so there are two main things, and it's got a lot. It has like a microphone and a speaker, like before, and a bunch of other like random little things, glowy lights that mm-hmm. look a little different than the PS4 controller does, and it feels comfortable. It's shaped two main differently, things. yeah. Yes, it is shaped a little differently. It's a little heavier. Um, it's got more going on on the inside, so it's a little heavier. So two main things, right? Number one is the adaptive triggers, and the way that works is as you're pulling the triggers, they can uh, they can change like different levels of resistance depending on what you're doing in a game so if Mm. i'm like firing a gun it could feel a little more difficult if i like run out of ammo suddenly the trigger will lock or something like that or like or like uh you're swinging in spider-man and it'll you'll have to like press it and then give it a little oomph at the end of a web swing or something like that there's a lot of like little things that really make a difference and feel kind of unusual. And sometimes it can get a little bit like, okay, enough enough with this. But most of the time, I found that it's really cool. And my hands feel kind of strange when I put it down. Like when it, It's just like a weird sensation mm. that, that is interesting. It feels next-gen in a way that nothing else does. Both of these consoles feel like iterative upgrades in so many ways. And the controller really is the one thing that like puts it over the top as far as innovation. Um, the other thing is called uh, haptic feedback or some some nonsense like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and basically it means advanced rumble. So instead of just like rumbling or not rumbling, there are different kinds of rumbles and there are rumble sensors all throughout the controller that can like go off in different ways. So you might feel that on one hand, but not the other. You might feel it lightly. Um, there's a game called Astro's Playroom that ships inside of every PS5. And it's actually surprisingly fun for like a built-in game. It's actually pretty cool. Just to point out, to give those devs credit, yeah, they made the Astrobot Rescue Mission, which is one of the best VR games I've like ever played. And it does feel surprising, even though at this point it shouldn't be, just because clearly very talented people make those games. But anyways, uh, carry on. Yeah, so this game really just like goes all out with all the controller stuff, almost to right, an annoying right. degree, because there's some motion control stuff that's just like, I don't want to It's like one of those connect things that's right meant now. to to wow you with the Be new technology. Yes. Yeah. But it's fun. Yeah. But it's more fun than like your average tech demo game. Um, 
the motion control is I could do without. But the, the feedback is actually really cool. So you're like, you'll feel light sensations as you're running, but then you'll like run into water or run on like a moving platform and it'll get heavier or like you'll run into grass mm. and it, it'll rumble a little more while you're walking through the grass. It does some cool things. Um, I tested around with it. It does some things in like Devil May Cry 5. Like it feels pretty cool when it rumbles and you're hitting people. Um, mm-hmm. They do some things with it in NBA 2K, which is actually pretty cool. Like the, the trigger will start like getting really intense when you're like guarding someone on defense. It'll like feel a little squishier or not squishy. The opposite is squishy. It'll feel a little harder and like rumble. And as you're playing more intense defense, it's actually really cool. Um, I am really enjoying it. So I'm thinking of the Xbox One controller, which also had advanced rumble. And I also am thinking of, do you remember it was the Nintendo demonstration of the Joy-Con where they had ice cubes falling yep. into a cup? and HD rumble. So the, <laughs> HD rumble. So this has been something that other people have experimented with. And mm-hmm. for me, it was always Forza with the Xbox One, where you can really feel the tires kind of kissing the road and then coming up a little bit as you're going on a turn on the right or left trigger. A few other games had it. I actually remember Tomb Raider had a thing with like the bowstring. You could really feel it rumble. Yeah, that would be yep. where you could really use it. I right. think. This is so. different. This is completely different than anything like that. No, no, no I, I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. This is okay, I'm not just ahead. like ram- randomly reminiscing about controller rumble. I'm sure it's different. Like it, it sounds like this controller is pretty amazing. I'm more just thinking this has been a long time coming and sort of charting this point on the long development of this kind of technology and hoping that it becomes kind of standardized just because it's always siloed on one console or the other. And as a result, you don't get the widespread adoption that would be really cool where you do get like the Spider-Man web thing, which sounds really cool, but you don't get it if you're playing, I don't know, whatever, uh, the Avengers and you're being Black Widow, which is like a very similar kind of move, but the game doesn't take advantage of that maybe because it's cross-platform. And I, right. I, I don't know, I, so I kind of wish that more people would just take notes from one another and they would be a little more open about it and it could become more standardized well so some yeah some third-party games that are cross-platform will use it like nba which i mentioned and Mm -hmm. um bug snacks uses it quite a bit which is also cool i'll talk about bug snacks in a minute but Mm -hmm. one thing i wanted to point out to this point is that having played a lot on both the xbox and the playstation 5 the xbox feels very sterile and like utilitarian it's very much like you turn this on it's very sleek it's very microsoft it's very much like play your games get your xbox game pass like do do what you're going to do. The PlayStation feels has a little bit more of that Nintendo charm to it all um, between Astro's Playroom and a lot of other just like little touches. Um, the controller itself has these little tiny bumps that like if you look really close at them are actually like the PlayStation mm, yeah. icons, the X and square and circle and triangle. Um, the like when you're navigating on the dashboard you can like access these little activity cards that'll show you like how much of a mission you've beaten and it'll let you see your progress and um trophies and whatnot and it just does some 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 neat things that and even including astro's playroom in the first place which is a game that's all about like collecting playstation history it's very much it just feels like a console that i don't know has more joy to it that's not ultimately in the long run you want a console that just plays games really well but it is something that i notice like this feels more nintendo no, than the Xbox there's does. something to that there's something to that i mean that was even a complaint with the switch was that it was kind of missing a yeah. little bit of that mm-hmm. nintendo pizzazz when it first came out and still kind of is a is pretty you know is pretty standard like kind uh-huh, of just a uh-huh. operating system uh-huh yeah um yeah, I just want to point out that my baby was crawling in the background of my Zoom call and then flopped. flopped I was trying on to finish that point, and I was like, "Oh God, <laughs> did she just fall?" 
No, but she didn't. She didn't hurt herself. It was a cute. Yeah, if I trailed off at the end of that sentence, it was because I was in mortal fear of of your daughter's life. (laughs) A little flop. Um, Yes. So yeah, I mean, it's it's something to consider, and I think that the controller itself just kind of plays into that, where they're like, "Here's our big innovation this time around," and Mm -hmm. yeah, it remains to be seen what people will do with it. But like, if this was Xbox, then it would be more like, okay, most of what I'm playing here is third party, at least for the next, for the foreseeable future until Microsoft's stable of game studios that they purchase actually start delivering some stuff that's Xbox exclusive. But um, Sony, we know, has a ton of first party stuff that is all going to utilize the controller's um, uh, various bells and whistles. So, like in God of War 2 uh, and Horizon 2, like that, you know that they're going to be using the stuff. There's going to be a bowstring. There's going to be a bowstring. It's gonna be yeah. That really, I mean, I'm such a controller nerd that that does make me excited about when I eventually do buy a PS5. Yeah, (laughs) so I haven't done extensive testing, but I did plug it uh, into my uh, PC just to see what would happen, and it didn't seem to work with anything any of the games that I tried. No drivers yet, I don't think. Yeah, it doesn't adding some, but no, they will. Probably not for everything. They did for the DualShock Four, but if if they don't, then someone will make a. There's a great tool on PC called DualShock Four for Windows that lets you play any game with the DualShock Four. So mm-hmm. someone will do that for the dual sh- for the dual sense. That's what this one is called. Now we just right. need to put. Can you do the under buttons? Do you know whether that under button attachment works on the dual sense? I do not know. Yeah, it must, I'm not sure. or they're going to make one that will. Because I, I got to have my under buttons with my yeah, adapter. <laughs> um, we also we got a qu- well they they released a PS4 controller with under buttons, so I'm sure they'll do yeah, the same. For it's this. an attachment for the PS4. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know if that works with this one. Um, we got a couple questions about the battery life on this thing. So the Xbox controller, like I mentioned last week, has two AAA or AA batteries. The PS5 controller just plugs into the system, like the PS4 controller did. Um, I found the battery life to be pretty good. I think it runs out a lot more quickly when it's playing like Astro's Playroom or one of those games that uses everything because that mm. drains the battery faster, but um, it seems so far pretty good. I mean, I've been playing for a few hours without t- without plugging it in, and it seems to run fine. Um, other people have asked, one of the, the top questions that I've gotten is, does Bloodborne run at 60 frames a second now? <laughs> um, literally, as soon as I got the PlayStation 5 in the mail, the first thing <laughs> I did was grab my Bloodborne test. disc and put, pop put it, it in. in. Yep. Um, loaded it up. It seemed to load like a tiny bit faster, but not really. Loaded in and it's just like looks like garbage. Thirty frames a second, like, and it's less like, than thirty frames a second. Uh, choppy as hell. Yeah, oh, not a single no. improvement on. But Bloodborne. then you wind up great. accidentally playing twelve hours of Bloodborne, anyways. Yeah, and it's the same game, but <laughs> hey, great. you know, it's Bloodborne. Well, what's interesting is that a lot of other Sony games do get enhancements. God of War mm-hmm. is running, and if you choose, you can choose between like performance mode and 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 high fidelity mode or whatever it's called, graphic mode. Um, and performance mode 60 frames a second, which is amazing. Like, I want to replay God of War just Don't you think that, that Bloodborne, it's just like a bag of cats under the surface? Well, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if... So there were rumors a while back about a remaster. I hadn't personally been able to corroborate any of that stuff or heard anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in fact, was told, like... I mean... I hate to say that something isn't true because people I ask might just not know about it, but I asked someone and they were like, no, I've never heard of anything like that. Someone who might know. Um, That said, maybe they're not doing enhancements because there will be a remaster at some point in the future. I don't know. Um, Or maybe they don't care. Maybe From Software is like, quiet, (laughs) we're busy. like too busy on Elden Ring. We're we're busy waiting for George R. R. Martin to write us a draft so we can (laughs) actually ship Elden Ring. Sending him email after email begging him to respond. 
please, yeah. please respond. Please stop blogging Commenting about on the his Jets. Live journal, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, but God of War runs really well. Ghost of Tsushima also runs at sixty frames a second, from what mm. I can tell. And again, this is all me eyeballing it. I should say so. I like, but you have a good eye for frames per for second. 60. You're obsessed with it, so I trust you. <laughs> but I can't tell if something is like actually fifty frames a second. Sure. Or yeah. even a lot of people were asking me because I'm playing a lot of the stuff on my monitor, which is a 1440p and b 144 frames uh, hertz. Mm-hmm. So it could potentially, it could theoretically run games at 144 frames a second. Um, I w- really can't tell. Or at least like 90 or 120. You yeah, can't yeah, tell yeah. and no one can tell. I looked up a lot of stuff about the refresh rate <laughs> of the human eye when I was reviewing that video card and uh-huh. uh, past a certain point, no one can actually tell the Kirk difference. Kirk has told me he can. I mean, mm, not... Can you tell the difference between 90 and 120? 90 and 120? Mm, okay. 90 and 120, maybe You can not. train your eye. I mean, some of it is training your eye, but the higher it gets the more difficult it is for us mere mortals to tell. I think 60 and 120, I can. I think that nine, sure. once you get up to 90, it just starts to feel pretty smooth. But if I've been playing a game like Overwatch or something that is like really fast and also can run really fast on my PC, and, mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm playing at 60 frames per second, and then suddenly I like unlock something on my monitor or change a setting and it lets it play at 120... It's noticeable to me that the difference, but that's because they're kind of right next to each other. But if you just sat me down in front of a game and one was running at ninety, or maybe it was running at one twenty, we're like, which is it? I I would maybe struggle to tell you. Okay, well that's where I'm at with the PS5 because obviously I can't compare some of this stuff to other stuff except for Mm -hmm. like comparing on PS4 to comparing on PS5. And then when it's like thirty versus sixty, it's very clear a different. Like the difference is very clear to me. But sixty and above, I really would have no way of knowing. And same with the resolution. Like when I'm playing. Uh, Assassin's Creed which I've been playing the most and I'll talk about more a little bit later on Um, but I've been playing that on Xbox but regardless I can't tell if it's running at like 1440p or 4k downscale whereas I feel like I can but you you wear glasses and I don't so I mean Mm. there's any number of factors here I have no idea (laughs) who knows who knows point is point being that like there's going to be some great stuff like I said there's already some great stuff on Digital Foundry if you want like the really technical stuff answer that's your place Digital Foundry yeah this (laughs) is not this is not the best place for yeah, that. Triple click is not really your podcast if that's what you're looking for. Because um, there was a story that like the PS5 can't output a natural 1440p, so people were that's wondering right. how it looked on my monitors. All I'll say is that playing Spider-Man, Bugsnacks, all these games looks great on my monitor. Yeah. I, even even if it's not natural 1440p, it looks awesome. It's upscaling um, and it's fine. Yeah. So <laughs> let me talk about some of these games because I know you guys are curious about Spider-Man and Bugsnacks. I want to talk about Bugsnacks oh, yeah. first. Don't sure. sleep on bug snacks, you guys. I played some bug snacks. I've You'd played some, okay? Oh yeah. So I finished this game, and it is wild. It is a wild <laughs> video game. So bug snacks is a yeah, game. I've heard it goes places. Bug snacks. It kind of went viral um, when it was announced at the PS5 showcase over the summer. It is a game. It's sort of like Pokemon Snap. You're sent to this island with as a you're a journalist. You're sent to this island that is full of these creatures called bug snacks that are like little insects made out of food. There's like a spider made out of French fries. There's like a little hamburger cockroach thing that's called Bunger and goes Bunger, Bunger, Bunger. They all say their names. I would names. describe it as Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs meets Pokemon. That's Pokemon, like kind yeah. of the vibe that I would describe for this game. But there's also there's a lot of Pokemon Snap in there because yep. you're taking your, well you're not taking photos but you're using your camera to zoom in on these these bug snacks and identify them and then you have to figure out how to catch them. So it's very much a puzzle game. It's very much like a physics, chaotic physics puzzle game where you're setting traps and using your variety of tools to figure out the best way to catch one like one of them might 
be really into ketchup. So you use your sauce shooter to shoot ketchup on the ground and then set a trap for them. The bunger. Oh. <laughs> bunger, 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 bunger. They all say their name. That's the yeah, best thing about this game names. is that they say strabby, strabby. <laughs> bunger, bunger, um, bunger, bunger, bunger. The best thing about this game is actually the cast of characters because as you go, you like wind up trying to get all these these characters, these these grumps, mm-hmm. I think they're called. I forget they're the grumps. exact name. Um, to come back to their village. And they're all like incredible characters. They're all kind of like have their own it, it reminds me of lost almost they all have their own like archetype <laughs> everything but reminds all, you of lost <laughs> it does, that's true that's true and it's like a family-friendly Pokemon version of Lost. It's yeah. exactly it's, like Lost. I mean, it's way. a bunch of people. Each person is like yeah, a, yeah, a type, yeah. and they're on an yeah. island yeah. together, and, and like they have to a build a society. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. It's it's not it's not illegitimate the comparison. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the island, there are mysteries surrounding the island, and they have to figure out. And there are out, these sure. numbers that keep popping up. There's a hatch. No, right. I don't. There, know. I haven't played this game. <laughs> there's a smoke monster. There's a big weird statue and a polar bear. But the characters are like they really grow on you and charm you, and they're all they all have voices. Great voice acting, even from what I played. Yeah, great, great voice, voice acting. acting, really fantastic voice acting, and um, yeah, uh, the the goal is to track down this woman named uh, Lizbert, and she is the archaeologist who is kind of the leader of the village, and then she disappeared, and she has this great Australian accent, and you can watch, you can find this footage of her as you're trying to track down the mystery of where she went, um, and it's she's adorable. It's all fantastic i love this game and then the ending of the game is just so batshit and like say nothing else say nothing else i won't say anything else no i won't say anything else but i finished it last night and very much enjoyed it um it's a perfect game to play with kids by the way i wish my kid was a little bit older and maybe when she is a little bit older i'll let her play this game because it's just perfect for a kid to watch and play and and enjoy might get a little spooky for them at some points but other than that um the, the the actual catching is really fun there's some parts that are tedious some parts of like catching the the bug snacks that can get a little bit like all right do i really have to repeat this motion do i really have to run across the island again that said it's really fun i really enjoy it um and then i've also been playing a bunch of spider-man miles morales which is another really cool game um Obviously, yeah, I'm feels excited for this game. Mm-hmm. It's really good. It's it's more Spider-Man. Nothing, not a lot has Great. changed from Sold. the 2018 <laughs> Spider-Man game. So if you're expecting like some drastically different combat system or swinging system, you're not going to get it here. Um, but it looks great at 60 frames a second. The story is really cool. Miles Morales is like this lovable geek. He is so incredibly like dorky and awkward that it is, it is fun to play as him. Um, <laughs> And his story is really fun. It's just a really fun story and um, really good. He's real. The writing is great. Um, the everything that you, if you like the the first Spider Man, you're gonna like this. It's just more of that. It's like eight to ten hours more of that. I'm not quite done with the campaign yet because I spent a lot of time just like swinging yeah, around the city. I think that's about how long it is though from my several coworkers. Yeah, for, that's what people it. are saying. Um, <laughs> Just it, this is one case where performance can make a big difference because swinging around at sixty frames a second feels so much better than it does at thirty frames a second. Yeah, I'm still. It's a challenge when games that are really cinematic, like Spider Man, which which seamlessly go between gameplay and cinematics in that kind of Naughty mm-hmm. Dog way that now Sony has kind of made into a house style. When yep. they're at sixty frames per second, there are times for me, anyways, where I think the cutscenes look weird, where the mm. game looks great. 
And I wish there were a way for them to pivot while doing those extremely slick in-engine cutscenes, but it's just I just don't know if there is. For what it's worth, I have not noticed that at all. Yeah, like, is well, the frame rate different, or well, is it no, the same? No, it's the same. The, the cutscenes for me, I mean, they just seem like part of, because they're that seamless thing you talk about where it's all, there's nothing pre-rendered or anything, it's not, it doesn't feel like it's taking you to a different world for the cutscenes. It all just feels like it's part of the game. Right. I'm thinking back. So I'm I'm basing this on the next-gen version of The Last of Us that came out, and mm-hmm. that was the main one for me, and then the Uncharted games as well. You mean the well. PS4 version yeah, of, the, of the PS3 Right, from their next-gen, from their current-gen. Right, right. Last-gen, next-gen. Right, because <laughs> those cutscenes looked weird. Like, I think that The Last of Us actually looks very strange at 60 frames per second. I think The Last of Us Part Two would have been weird, too. And this is a personal thing. This is not something that bothers everybody but it is a thing for me that as i watch these very cinematic games getting up to 60 frames per second part of me is like yeah the game looks great at 60 fps and i'd love to do the gameplay parts at a higher frame rate but then the cutscenes happen and it's weird and everything looks hyper real and that kind of high frame rate hobbit in the theaters kind of a way yeah 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 and that always weirds me out like when you're watching joel emote over his like dead daughter and it looks like these weird mannequins or like puppets are being moved because it looks so real and i'm like ah, i do not and like this and then you start playing as joel and you're like oh it's joel oh he's <laughs> right, back this is great this is right yeah so it's it's that's actually an interesting challenge that i guess it's mm. not true for everybody since i know there are people who just don't care but i wonder if yeah. that's going to be a thing. Yeah, I'd be curious if you felt the same way playing Spider-Man Miles Morales. I probably will. Doesn't... Yeah, are you going to play the PS4 version, Kirk? Oh like, yeah, I, I mean like that's the thing is, I guess it'll be irrelevant because I'm gonna. Well, that I think is just. 30 I think it's just all thirty, or it's thirty out across the board. So yeah, yeah. Um, so then it'll be fine. You'll be yeah, fine. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, other things are like the loading times are great, just like with the Xbox. Both of these machines just have uber fast loading times, and just like like turning on the console is super fast and. Um, actually getting into the games is super fun. Miles Morales, it's hilarious. You get to the menu screen and like you press continue and you don't even have time to like look down at your phone before you're in the game. It's like, it's one of those things that will really cut down on your bathroom You can't look at your phone anymore. It's yeah, terrible. Man, you Twitter can't even look at a tweet. We'll it's be down. Just... Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, is there other stuff you guys are curious about as far as these new, as far as the PS5 or the Xbox? Where did you put it in your apartment? It's, it looks really big. How's well, that going for you? Yeah, how did you get it into your apartment for starters? Yeah, well, you get we, they the had door? to cut. They had to cut open the door pivot, to allow it to allow the PS5. In. Um, <laughs> you had to bring in piano movers. So I have I have my PS5 and my Xbox both next to my computer, which is actually yeah. good for a few reasons. One being that I can play my monitor right next to me, which is great. But two being that I can feel when one of them is running hot or hear when one of them is getting loud. And in my experience, the Xbox can get hot, um, but not like noticeably like, oh my God, I can't, I have to turn on the air conditioning while I'm sitting here. Just like, okay, it's got some heat. The PS5 has not gotten hot at all. And both Ooh. of them are super quiet. Like occasionally you'll hear, especially when you're for starting now. starting yeah, them up. Right. Yeah, for now, for now. <laughs> But occasionally you'll hear when you're starting them up, you might hear some rumbling. But like compared to the PlayStation 4, they are both mm-hmm. just like uber like silent as you're playing most games. So that has been impressive so far. Yeah, I well. look forward to the jet engine sounds it makes when I play God of War 2 <laughs> on it in yeah. a year. God, yeah, who knows? I mean, yeah, that's the thing. With these things, you're buying potential. I do wonder, so something that has made me a little bit worried is 
that. Both of these things, Microsoft has said future games, like for the next year or two, all of our games will also be cross-gen on Xbox One mm-hmm. as well. Sony has come out and said similar things where they're like, we want a lot of our games on PS4 as well. We saw that with Spider-Man. We're seeing that with Horizon 2. Haven't seen that with Demon Souls for whatever reason, um, but it seems to be the case for a lot of Sony's games. And so I worry that if a lot of people are going cross-gen, especially third parties also, um, they're not going to be able to take advantage of what the solid state drives can do from like a design point of view. And before these consoles launched, I had been talking to developers who were raving about the PS5 and, and to a lesser extent the Xbox, but more so the PS5, um, particularly about what the solid state drive can bring, not just from a loading screen perspective, but from a design perspective. And they were saying like, it's hard to explain, but like the way that things load and the way that we keep track of various points of memory in the database, like we could allow for so much more, so many different things. And like, it'll be interesting to see what designers can do when they're not um, as constrained by certain things. And if they can be a little more creative with, with the ways that, that open worlds work or the ways that interiors of open worlds work, et cetera, et cetera. But if all these games are going to be cross-gen, then it might be many years before we actually see any of that in action, if we ever do. And that is kind of unfortunate. Um, and that is, in, in in that way, like it feels even more like just an iterative thing, as opposed to a clean next generation, um, where it's like, okay, this is the same game on both platforms, but it's going to be 60 frames a second on the PS5 and 30 on the PS4. So that's kind of a bummer. I was, I was looking forward I to mean- more... I'm sure you've heard, though, there are some notable differences with Spider-Man on PS4. Like, there are entire loading screens that are only in the PS4 version that you've perhaps never seen, where Miles gets on the subway. But I'm not talking about loading screens. I'm very specifically yeah, but talking... but I'm just saying, that's a notable difference. Like, yes. those loading screens don't have to be there on PS5, because obviously they can go ahead and render the next environment without ever needing to show Miles traveling somewhere in a, in a beautifully rendered loading screen that only a PS4 person gets to see. So I can imagine in my head that other developers in the future would also be creating games that have to run on the PS4 and they just are designing different loading screens or you're just standing somewhere waiting and watching a twirling circle if you're playing on PS4. But on PS5, you have no idea that that's happening to other people. And then that that's kind of crappy if you're still on last gen, but I also feel like that's what you would expect if you're yeah but i'm not talking about loading times i'm talking about like what can actually be done with the design of the game like the the procedural generation of the landscape that allows for things to come up in different there's there's technical stuff that is way over my head but the developers have raved about to me and i listen to them i listen to people who are smarter than me about these things when they talk to me and they've said that with the solid state drive you can do some things that you might not be able to do otherwise in our you know i have a question is yeah the solid state drive in this in the PS5 or the Xbox, uh, the big well, they all have the a big solid adult state Xbox. Drive, you know, no, yeah. right? Is that drive in some fundamental way different from a drive that I could buy for my PC? Because I am curious if all of these things on cross gen games, if someone makes a game that's like next gen only or you know PS5, Xbox, uh, Series X only, and there's also a PC version, can the PC version do the same thing. Like, can you get a hard drive that can do the same thing for a PC? I'm almost certain that if you can't, you eventually, you will be able to, and then there'll probably mm-hmm. be something even faster on PC. But that, I am also, like, that parody is, so far has always existed, and PC usually outperforms consoles. I'm assuming that that will hold, but this one thing does seem a little different to me, at least for now. 
you can't right now, and okay. the PS5's solid state drive has faster like streaming loading in and out. Again, we're talking about stuff that's a little bit over our heads here, but my understanding is that the PS5 solid state drive like allows for data streaming a lot more quickly than uh, your average solid state drive that you can buy on the market that I have in my computer right now. Okay, so at least for now, the PS5 kind of has this unique thing yeah all right so um before we go back to one more thing before we take a break go to one more thing any other questions for you guys anything else you're curious about with the ps5 i know we got some listener questions i hope i answered a a bunch of them or most of them some of them were more technical more on the technical end and so we can't really um answer but hopefully someone will be able to answer for people um the one thing i will say um is that I wish there was a clearer way to know whether a PS4 game would run better on the PS5. Right now, there isn't. There isn't like mm-hmm. a an enhanced for PS5 label or anything like that. So <laughs> Xbox has kind of that. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, Xbox does have that. Or they they just added that, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. so they just added. It is that. very nice. I have yes, to admit, like looking nice. at all your icons and just seeing like, oh, these are the ones that are enhanced, are enhanced, and these are the ones that yep, aren't. These are the yeah. ones worth checking out. Yep, especially with Game Pass because you can da- be like, oh, I'm oh, going to download yeah. this one because it's better. Yeah, PS5 does not have that, at least right now. Um, maybe they'll add something maybe they'll at add some it, point. Yeah. Um, anything else you guys are curious about or should we take a break? No. Okay. Um, cool, let's take a break and we'll be back with one more thing. Listen, I'm a hotshot Hollywood movie producer. You have until I finish my glass of kombucha to pitch me your idea. Go. All right. It's called Who Shot Ya, a movie podcast that isn't just a bunch of straight white dudes. I'm Ify Whitey the new host of the show and a certified BBN. BBN? Buff black nerd. I'm Alonzo Duraldi, an elderly gay and legit film critic who wrote a book on Christmas movies. I'm Drea Clark, a loud white lady from Minnesota. Each week, we talk about a new movie in theaters and all the important issues going on in the film industry. It's like Guess Who's Coming to Dinner meets Cruising. And if it helps seal the deal, I can flex my muscles while we record each episode. I'm sorry, this is a podcast? I'm a movie producer. How did you get in here? Iffy, quick, start flexing. Bicep, lats, chest. Who shot you? Dropping every Friday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalin. Together we're The Flophouse. A podcast where we watch a bad movie and then talk about it. Movies like Space Hobos, Into the Outer Reaches of the Unknown and the Things That We Don't Know, the movie. And also, Who's That Grandma? Zazzle Zippers, Breakdown 2, and Backhanded Compliment. Elvis is a Policeman. Baby Crocodile and the Happy Twins. Leftover Potatoes? Station Wagon 3. Herbie Goes to Hell. New episodes available every other Saturday. Available at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye! Bye. And we're back for one more thing. Jason, what's your one more thing this week? Oh, man. Well, I've been talking for a while, so uh, what's (laughs) a little bit more? What's a little bit more? I'm really (laughs) testing your endurance here. So one, my one more thing is Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which I started playing on the Xbox Series S a couple of weeks ago and have now somehow gotten 30 hours into because what? I love I love this game. I really love I've it. I've played almost that much, too. So I'm probably oh, you throwing to you okay. because I've played a ton of this game as well and have a lot of thoughts so I can back you up. Okay, so I should say, so 
this week it's my one more thing. Next week we're going to do an episode where the three of us play it, and that'll be we're going to do a triple play. Yeah, you two will have beaten it by then, I guess. Mm, uh, I don't think so. This game is super long because just when you think like, okay, I'm really making some progress on the map, it's like, oh, here's another map for you to explore. I'm kind of nowhere. Yeah, I'm kind of nowhere. It's there's a lot of stuff in here. Yeah, this game is huge. And on top of like the main story stuff, there's also the entire like order assassination (laughs) tree from the last game, Mm -hmm. which is awesome and so much fun to do. But still, it's a lot to do. Um, All right. So where do I even start with this game? So Assassin's Creed, as most people know, started off as like an action stealth series and then became more RPG ish with starting with 2017's Assassin's Creed Origins, which was the Egypt one that started adding RPG stuff. Dialogue trees came in at some point with Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Mm, there weren't dialogue trees in... Yeah, that was an Odyssey, not Origins. With Assassin's Creed Odyssey, um, there was levels and equipment and gear and quests and all this other stuff started coming into these games. Um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla actually wind some of that stuff back so like there's in in the first in the first two games of this kind of trilogy there's a ton of gear that you find and you're constantly getting upgrades some of them are color-coded with like epic and legendary and blah 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 it feels like a typical rpg in this game there's a lot less gear and it's more like okay this is the gear i'm going to stick with there's gear you upgrade that gear um and there's like sets of gear that you stick with for a while and it's more it's it's less like a ludathon and more like a tailored experience same with quests there are no more side quests in assassin's creed valhalla instead you explore the world and you find these little dots these little um there are white gold and blue dots the white dots are artifacts the gold dots are treasure and the blue dots are these little mysteries which you find and they're little side quests they're very contained they're more like encounters in like a rockstar game in the red, red dead redemption 2 it, this game is actually very reminiscent of red dead redemption 2 in a lot of ways Um, so a lot of these are just really cool and interesting and hilarious and super weird. Um, and you just kind of find them organically, almost as if you're playing an exploration game, a Breath of the Wild type of game. Um... And uh, it also adds back a lot of the sneaking stuff that people missed. Um, there was sneaking in the last few games, but they removed the ability to instant kill a lot of abilities, or a lot of enemies, especially if those enemies were higher level than you. Now you can go back to instant killing, and you can even get an ability that lets you instant kill like bosses and super high level enemies. Um, if you want. Um, and it does a lot of stuff like that. It also uh, brings back a lot of like the, the um, modern time stuff. It, it includes that more in a more heavy way than previous games did. So it feels very much like, okay, we, we hear you old school Assassin's Creed fans and we want to bring you back to this series if you didn't like the last two, but it still has a lot of the things that I personally loved about the last couple of games. It still has a map where it's like broken into regions and you go to each region and you clear it out and you do pe- do things for people and it has its own kind of self-contained story that's part of the larger story um it still has uh, a, a lot of just like cool interesting choices and dialogue it still has a lot of the supernatural stuff that was introduced uh, uh well i guess supernatural stuff has always been there but especially in odyssey <laughs> with like yeah. the mythology and the fate of atlantis expansion they are really doubling down on the supernatural stuff for this one you will see a lot of norse gods in this game or you will you will meet you will hear a lot from odin the norse the, the head of the norse gods um 
And yeah, I really love it. It's really uh, well written. It's really fun. There's this great loop to the game where you're going off and like exploring and finding um, treasure, and then you bring it back to your settlement, and you can build things within your settlement, and you can go on raids with like your crew of your Vikings and go um, just maraud castles and monasteries and stuff. You don't kill civilians, fortunately. You can't kill civilians. Um, there you is can. still still a lot of uh, uh, unethical Viking raiding here, but it's a Viking game. Um, the game has not, Kirk and I were talking about this a little bit the other day, the game has not yet like confronted the question of like, hey, wait a minute, is our whole lifestyle kind of immoral? Um, but maybe it will <laughs> at some point. The story is surprisingly compelling. I guess not surprisingly given the, that the last couple of games have been too, um, but the story has been really gripping for me. It's about your main character is named Eivor and it's about his or her um, inter- family and relationships and kind of saga alongside their brother um sigurd who has his own uh problems and there's a lot of interesting stuff between the two of them and yeah the just the rhythm of exploring and finding these dots has just been super compelling to me and yeah i really love it gotta find those (laughs) dots i love it nice yeah i'll I'll talk about it more next week the jury's a little more out for me on some parts Mm. of it just like the gameplay Mm. parts it's just a little like a little too easy a little flat Ooh. at times i guess playing it i don't know like i'm but like i said i i'm still finding my groove with it i've played a lot of it go I, challenge some of those zealots if you think it's too easy uh go try and challenge mm, some of those high level zealots yeah but like really high level enemies are hard in a way that i don't love mm. I, it's just like there's something to the combat which has been true for a while ever since they started trying to make it this like animation locked more like sekiro or bloodborne or demon souls like um, that style of combat, which they did in uh, Origins. They started introducing this, but it's never yep. quite felt the same as those games. Like when you play Neo 2, that's like, okay, these people really know combat and have got it locked in. And Assassin's Creed still has that kind of funky rubber band feeling to it at times. Plus there's just like AI stuff like in the fights and in the stealth in particular. Well, so that's the big downside to this game is the glitches and the wonkiness. It's It feels jankier to me than previous I games. don't think of the AI stuff as glitching for what it's worth. It's just the AI is dumb. Like I just Well I just think of honestly, it as overall like, jankiness. Like the game just feels janky. Like it's a combination of okay I'm doing this big raid and there are all of my allies fighting enemies around me and everyone's just standing around staring yeah, at each other. there's a lot of that kind and, <laughs> but it's a combo but it's a combination of that and also like oh my god my character disappeared i have to reload the game because like i can't see my character anymore because i tried to fake death yeah. and then a cutscene loaded and then i glitched out uh, it's like a combination of that that just makes it feel janky in general i would say yeah anyways I, it's just sort of not like i i really like it i really like darby mcdevitt the narrative director on this game he was like on black flag and um revelations to assassin's creed games i really liked and this has that same kind of feeling where it's going to slowly sprawl out and build into this thing that really works it's just you know i don't like avor as much as i liked cassandra like it's not even close yeah, and, and the setting is definitely cool true. but like dark ages england is just looks a lot like the witcher 3 it looks like a lot a lot of like games i've played before where like ancient greece and ancient egypt it was like amazing everywhere i was going yeah. i was seeing amazing things so it's you know i'm 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 chewing but, on it but but there's other stuff in this game that well looks that amazing. so it is there's a lot more variety i will um i'll suggest if people are going to play this let the animus choose whether you're going to be male or female Eivor 
it doesn't seem like you should choose that option because you're like, no, I want to have a clear preference. Actually, I, I recommend picking that. Um, and I will say no more. For reasons. For, For reasons. reasons. But anyways, we're going to talk about that more next week. And I don't want to get super into it. Plus, like, I'm liking it. I'm, I'm playing like a ton of it. It goes down easy. It's fun. Yeah. Well, I, I just want to say I, I just want to say one more thing, because I know a lot of people will be listening to this wondering if they should get it, get the game this week. I am actually enjoying the combat a lot more than I enjoyed in the last two games. And the main reason for that is because they built in this this counter parrying system the way that that a Souls game might have, where if you parry at the right time or Bloodborne might have, where if you parry at the right time, um, your enemy will be staggered back and you drain their stamina meter. And if you drain their stamina meter all the way, you can get in a stun attack, which not only does a ton of damage to them, but also regains some of your health. Um, and then like hitting people with your regular attacks regains your stamina, but your heavy attacks takes away stamina. It's got this cool balance that I'm actually really digging. But yes, we can save this talk more for next week when we do our triple play on Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Nice. Maddie, what is your one more thing? Okay, so I am going to talk about Destiny 2. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, So you two might remember that I was part of a raid group a few weeks ago. We were trying to beat all the raids before Beyond Light came out. Beyond Light. We might. Is, I'm trying to think if I can remember that thing launched. that happened. I mean, it was 40 years ago that we talked about. Usually, it was 40 years ago. Usually, I just fact. go into a, a fugue state whenever you talk. Yeah, you you guys don't you guys don't listen to that part because you've never heard of Destiny Two. You no, don't know I don't what know it what is, that game and is. you don't care to I'm learn anything interested. about it. And I totally understand me. that because you've never played it, and right. I get it. Yep. I get it. Yep. So so anyway, that all happened. But a few weeks ago, I had to review a video card for work and then right after that I had to review the baby Xbox for work so it means I've spent the past few weeks playing a whole lot of different video games mm. and none of those video games I like the way that you just casually say baby Xbox like you didn't even put emphasis you're just like it's the baby, called baby Xbox, Xbox. Uh, that's what it's called I don't know I don't yeah, even know I, I dig it <laughs> that's what I call it all the time so I, I played a little Destiny 2, but only for the sake of, of testing these things, and I haven't really been playing with my friends these past few weeks. And so in that time, I told my raid group, at the beginning of it all, I'm going to have to do some hardware reviews, and I'm not going to have time to raid. So if you guys want to find an alternate for me for these these next couple weeks, you can. Honestly, I didn't think they were going to do it, but they oh, did. No. <laughs> so here's here's how that went down. They found several alternates. They found several ringers who they brought in, and all of them have beaten all the raids. They've beaten them mm. all, and I have not been a part of any of it. I'm oh, still no. in the Discord. I've watched all of this happen in silence, and they have done a oh, great no. job. Are you sad? Every now and then I go in, and I look at it, and I'm like, well, they're... They sure are doing it Passing in there. Passing you by. <laughs> Love oh, my friends, and I am not doing any of this, and they're all going to buy those rings that you can buy when you've beaten the raid. You can, like, buy yourself a commemorative ring. Anyway, they're and you're not going to have oh, a no. ring. And you're left out. It's so ring. sad. Um, so, yeah, none of this happened, and also now all the raids are gone because Beyond Light is launched, so I've missed. Right, right. The boat has been thoroughly missed. You should missed. just buy a ring anyways and just wear and it just like the like, saddest person. Fuck you guys. Person. No, I'm not, I'm not mad at them at all. <laughs> this course, is like this. This is this is sort of a I'm not feeling sorry for myself here. Like it is incredibly cool that I got to review a video card and the baby Xbox sure. and play these new <laughs> games. And I right. I'm not saying the past three weeks of my life have been hellish. It's not yeah, like this is not it's not a relatable problem perhaps, but but in a way I think it might be because I was busy with work these past few weeks. I was busy with commitments that could not be moved. And because of that, I couldn't play Destiny 2 anymore. 
and the ship has sailed without me, and now I feel as though I cannot return. And so Beyond Light launched last <laughs> Welcome night. Welcome to the club. And all of my friends were in, in the game, and I did not even log in. They all watched the orb do its thing, and I just kind of watched on Twitter, and I was like, I remember 7,000 years ago when I played Destiny 2. That was another life that I had then. <laughs> I don't even know that girl anymore, I thought to myself. So I don't know. I don't know where I'm at with Destiny 2 anymore. I might... I might play it again, I might not, but it's it's been a weird time for me. <laughs> I think I love how you just keep having experiences that are so quintessentially Destiny 2, because this is one, the FOMO and also yep. the feeling that you've been left behind, like that you mowed yep. and thus um, the, foe, the foe was... Uh, justified <laughs> and you have now missed out and like the game has moved yep. on and that feeling of sort of well all your friends are playing and they're kind of talking about oh this thing that happened or even just you know complaining that I wasn't there for and they all have their jokes yeah they're complaining so about some on. new yeah. thing that's annoying right and like you join them and maybe one of them has something on their banner that you've never seen before like a gun and <laughs> yeah. it's just this feeling of like oh i'm not in the main group anymore and it's a thing with service games in general right that they sort of demand this level of commitment and they then do. they socially like, reinforce it god forbid you have a work commitment of yeah. any kind right. like you you have to keep playing <laughs> yep. like multiple days a week for weeks in order to keep up with a game like this yeah. and i don't know i'm kind of glad i got to have the experience for a few weeks of doing it and living it for a little while and feeling like i was part of something but now i'm kind of like there's a lot of other video games I'd like to play. <laughs> yeah. Follows that follows that way with Destiny often. Yeah. yeah, welcome, welcome. I will say I downloaded Beyond Light um, just to check it out. Yeah. I logged in for a second. I feel and like we gotta check it out. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna play the campaign play at, at least at some point. I might it might be a while because I have so many other things to get through. But I will say, so I logged in and checked my character, and suddenly I'm like boosted to 1050 light. Of all course, my stuff is 1050 yeah. light or power <laughs> or whatever it's called. So you don't even have to think about catching up the way you have in the past. Which which is nice. Well, right. But I've already missed out on the emotional catch up, which right. is right. the part that actually matters. <laughs> right. But the, yeah, the you're right. My light level will be fine. My point <laughs> so is, so, well, so Maddie, so in previous expansions, which which you were not a part of because you only got into this game very recently, previous mm-hmm. expansions, not only did you miss out on what your friends are doing, et cetera, et cetera, if you wanted to come in and catch up, you just logged in and you're like 100 light levels below everybody else. And you're like, yeah. what do I even do now? Here, here, they're just like allowing everybody to be on the same right. bar, Which is so that is nice. Yeah. So it's like nice mm-hmm. to be able to do that. In previous, in like Shadowkeep and Forsaken, before that, they started adding power boost quests that you could do to like boost your gear up gradually. But now they're just boosting everybody, which is really really nice. It's just like it is. like forget it. Like you can just get to this power, no problem. Just jump right in. Kirk, what about you? What's your one more thing? I'm gonna go last, and um, I'm gonna talk a little bit more about Watch Dogs Legion, just because I've still been playing cool. some of it. I've been bouncing between that and Valhalla and I just have a funny story I wanted to tell um, there is an interesting comparison between these two games I think that they really underline how you can have a Ubisoft style open world game and yet have completely different experiences in those two games it's wild how different they are um, Valhalla is so spread out and kind of low key like you kind of just a lot of that game is just walking across the map 
going toward mm-hmm. a dot and then you see a cool dot and you're like what's that dot and then you move and it's really pretty but it's so uh-huh. like paced out and really kind of slow moving and just really kind of moves at, at that sort of a speed where in watchdogs you're in london everything is happening all around you the whole world can be interacted with in like a thousand different ways from any given point because you have this phone that can like manipulate a hundred different things you can jump into a camera you can go over here you can go over there the world just feels like bristling with stuff there are dots everywhere (laughs) yeah and every dot is you potentially you can be any dot you want and and that's the other big difference is playing this game where the the difference between that and then a game where every npc is the protagonist and you know you're doing this thing uh the watchdogs does this unique thing of like building a team out of randoms it's just also a very different rhythm where I don't know. It's it's really different. I find it much more interesting and kind of it, it draws me in a, a lot more playing Watch Dogs only because it's a new experience. Where when I'm playing Valhalla, I'm like, well, I've done this before, like leveling up this character, you know, getting <laughs> getting my axe stronger and going and like getting some materials to like upgrade my thing. And now I'm a higher level and I get a new ability. Where in Watch Dogs, there's, it's much more unknown to me because I'm still fairly early in it and still just finding it so striking how different it is. So the story I just want to tell really quick that's funny is this is another kind of game reviewer problem stories so um ubisoft gave me a ubisoft gave me a code for this game and for valhalla and when they give review codes they typically give you the one that like has the season pass and everything because they Mm -hmm. don't they're like yeah you should have all the dlc and stuff because you're in the press and you're gonna review it so the best experience right so i have like the deluxe edition of this game which (laughs) comes with three super badass people that are on your team this is in watchdogs and to recap i talked about this last week i don't we don't have a ton of time but like you you build your team out of npcs in this game so like you have you want to go recruit really good people and everyone has different skills and sometimes you'll find someone and it's like oh like that person's got super great skills that i really need and you'll go out of your way to recruit them and sometimes people just have like a car or something like they're just kind of a person and you wouldn't recruit them unless you really wanted to these three people are like legendary recruits or something and they come with the deluxe edition if you bought it the thing is you can't fire them from your team so it kind of, for me anyways, it like <laughs> undermined a little bit of the energy at the beginning of the game. Because I was starting out, I'm like, yeah, I got my one, this random lady who's like going to build up dead sec from nothing. And then, oh, wait, there's these three, like this badass hacker. <laughs> Elite this, hackers. Yeah, this badass like assassin <laughs> and like this warrior guy who like <laughs> is like a machine gun. <laughs> and they're like, we're ready to go. And then they would turn up in my cutscenes and stuff. Like I'd have my scrappy little team and then like, you know, Rambo walks in and he's like, yeah, we're going to get those guys. I'm like, who are you? I didn't recruit you. No one wants you here. And obviously, anyone who bought the deluxe edition would like want this. This would is want them, right? Hopefully, I'm weird because I like just got this code from Ubisoft and happened to have this in my game. So first off, you can't dismiss them. First, I'm like, I want to just play the game pure. So what I had to do was I turned permadeath on and I went and just got them all killed. <laughs> and that works <laughs> if they die. I was worried. I was like, because maybe if you pay for they someone at the back. store, you know, there's yeah. like a microtransaction store in this game. You can like buy buy people, teams, teammates for your team. If they die and you lose them forever, like maybe it's like you're not getting your money's worth or something. But no, fortunately, <laughs> if they die in the in the line of duty, they're just gone. I'm assuming. I'm sure if you like reinstalled the game, you exactly. Would have I think if you right. start a new game, they come back. So that was what I did. I just yeah. sent them each on suicide missions. I just like started shooting at the cops, and then I like <laughs> ran into the street, and they're like, ah, and they died. And now I have I have a team of my own players. That's now. so funny. So Kirk. So coincidentally, I just saw a tweet. I was just looking for it, but I couldn't find it from a game developer a few days ago. Being like, 
I, I wish that like some of this like this pre-order DLC stuff is always the last to be added. It's always not balanced at all. Oh. It's like one of those things that is like the, an afterthought for game developers. So it's so funny that you're having that experience, and I'm sure so many other people have that experience. Where like mm-hmm. you load into a game, especially a Ubisoft game, and suddenly you have this super overpowered weapon or character, right? The and starter the de- thing. developer is like gave no thought to this whatsoever. It's like one of those things yeah. marketing demands of you at the last possible minute. You're like, oh, yeah. fine, just like come up with this cool thing and throw it in the game we're not even gonna bother balancing this and it's just like such a shame it's one of those it's like the optimal example of like marketing interfering with art and just yeah like, and i mean usually it's like a gun or something that you can just not use it's just funny that in right. this case it's members of your team who turn it's up in cutscenes and stuff and i'm like who the fuck are you get out of here you're not on my team you're fired yep. just go and get yourself killed <laughs> like have fun god <laughs> so god. anyways um that's that's it for me i'm gonna keep playing that game though i think it's really cool good story good story okay i think that is it for yeah. this week's That'll episode um, don't forget to sign up for Max Fun. Become a member. Help support us. Don't forget to go check out the Discord. Yeah, join our yeah, Discord. Yeah, join us. <laughs> and uh, don't forget to check out Kirk's other podcast, Strong Songs. Yeah. Kirk, have yes. you ever thought about starting a sex podcast called Strong Schlongs? I have not. Hmm. I've, I've thought about wrong songs. People have suggested that for a like wrong oh, song. that would podcasts be about bad music. But no, strong schlongs has never occurred to me, Jason. <laughs> well, now. I don't know why free, not. Free it's idea. so obvious. It does, <laughs> does seem like I should have gotten there. This, is, it's right this there. is the content people get if they listen all the way to the end of the episode. They get, they get the, the real stuff. They the get great ideas. Down Trademark and Jason Schreier. The Jason Schreier brain diamonds just really start dropping <laughs> here in the last minutes. Oh, beautiful. All right. All right. Kirk, Maddie, see you both next week. Yep, see you both next week. Bye. Triple Click is produced by Jason Schreier, Maddie Myers, and me, Kirk Hamilton. I edited and mixed the show and also wrote our theme music. Our show art is by Tom DJ. Triple Click is a proud member of the Maximum Fun Podcast Network, and if you like our show, we hope you'll head over to MaximumFun.org slash join and consider becoming a member. Doing so helps support us and gets you access to an exclusive Triple Click episode each month. Find us online at TripleClickPodcast.com, on Twitter at TripleClickPod, and send email to TripleClick at MaximumFun.org. Thanks for listening. See you next time. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.